0: Audio Podcast Network. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Swirling as this fem doth bubble. Welcome to another spooky episode of Whining about History, where for this month we're whining about some women that you may wish you hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And this is your first time listening. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm very sorry. Uh, we're taking a departure. Kelly, I mean, I- if you like it. Yay, yeah, but you're only gonna like like four episodes out of a year. <laughs> yeah, um, because Kelly and I thought about doing a true crime podcast at first. So this is the month where we kind of indulge in that side of ourselves, but that something we just couldn't commit to fifty two weeks out of the year because, you know what, life is hard, and there are some things that you just can't like it, digest on a weekly right. basis so uh but for this month of spooky bitches witches and everyone in between we're writing about some women who are we're writing about some felonious fens some mm. wrathful women some murderous mavens and some spooky
1: Bitches. Sirens. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> I, I should have just stopped while I was ahead. Yeah, you should have. It's fine. Um, It's fine. Uh, I'm Emily.
1: Did I'm I already Emily. say that? No,
0: I don't think you have. Oh, thank God. Okay, well, I am Emily.
1: And I am Kelly. Yo soy... Uh, mi nombre es Emilia. Mi nombre es Kelly. I don't know if Mucho there's a gusto. Spanish version of Kelly. Yeah.
0: Uh, aprendo Español con Duolingo en mi celular. I was I was talking si. with Kelly. I had the opportunity to talk with someone who um, is from Costa Rica, and I said something in Spanish. She's like, "Oh, Duolingo's like doing a pretty good job." I was like, <laughs> oh, "I was like, I know you're just being super nice, but I really needed the the confidence booster." <laughs> anyway, as I said, we are winding about women who are uh, on the wrong side of the law. Might be a little murderous, a little mm. some deadly dames. Uh, but before we
1: get to all that fun, fun. Kelly, what are we drinking? (laughs) We're drinking a really fun, like, Dia de los Muertos-style bottle here. So it's a California Moscato called La Catrina. Flowing from 3,000-year-old traditions, the Day of the Dead celebration reflects on memories and reminds us all to embrace life now. As the flavors and sensations of La Catrina engulf you, let your past and future merge to toast this moment bridesmaids an equal blend of sweet and sassy these luscious sirens toss a bouquet of fruity and spicy kisses maidens lightly dance teasing like summer tarts on a sultry evening for an unforgettable night of fun can i fuck this bottle
0: right now because that was sexy i'm
1: assuming that's what the 3 women on the bottle are yeah they're they're
0: 3 women in matching dre- they're they're 3 skeleton women in matching dresses in kind of the the spanish that skeleton that one, that one's style twerking you know what? I appreciate it. The others are like, hey, what's up? And she's like, dis What's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, let's take a moment to remember that time that Disney tried to copyright Dia De, De Los Muertos. Yeah. Yeah. Because they came out with Coco. <laughs> they were going to name it that and then they couldn't copyright. So they're like, I guess we'll call it Coco. I'm like, Wow, you do n- good c- job. They literally yeah. like they couldn't copyright. It's like you don't get to copyright a, like, like a hundred a year tantrum. old. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. Kindly fuck you. Great movie, but fuck you, Disney. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's cheers to what is probably one of my favorite months out of the year with my favorite holiday in the year, Halloween. And all the spookiness that comes with it, I just feel so cozy and at home. I do too. It's like the one year that, especially growing up, it was the one year where me being like a little, like a little diet goth was on brand, like, like with mm-hmm. everything else that was going on. It was right. wonderful. And then because I was growing up in the, you know, early mid 2000s. You couldn't just order that stuff online. You no. had to
1: wait till the Halloween Express or the yeah, Spirit Halloween opened. place opened up to stock up you'd on like, your goth you'd shit. You'd like watch and you'd be like, okay, which clothes store is going to house Spirit Halloween this yes. year? You couldn't Google where that shit was going to be. Yes. I got vampire fangs that I wore year round
0: from one of those places. That looks hot. Just saying. So cheers, To spooky season. To all of my spooky Spooky witches. Fall, y'all. Fall, y'all. Oh, good clink. That was a celestial clink. That was a clink in which a bunch of stars just aligned. Okay, this is going to sound weird. This wine tastes like the bottle looks. Like... Like sassy, like a sassy, sexy skeleton Sorry, party in my mouth.
1: Maidens lightly dance, teasing like summer tarts on a sultry evening. It no, it that. totally, but like there's a spooky feel a bouquet to of it. fruity and spicy kisses. It is. It's actually really. It does have a Do little they bit. Sell of sell this year to round?
0: It. I don't know because it's really good. Like I would recommend this for the summer. Even.
1: I mean, it is a moscato. Yeah. I don't know, but it is very good. No, it, it it's
0: excellent. Also, that the twerking skeleton, I want to be her. That's the kind of energy I want to bring. That's like,
1: look at this slit that's like almost up to my she's, crotch. No, she's
0: like almost
1: showing her, her pelvic badge. bone. She doesn't have <laughs> a true. badge. Her pelvic
0: it, bone. Um, and she's kind of doing almost like uh with her flowers, like a Rosie the Riveter pose. Yeah, that the would one be in me. the middle is like oh like feigning surprise and then there's the one who's like got her finger pointed she's like i'm twerking try to stop me motherfuckers yeah
1: <laughs> this is visit the, our instagram to view a
0: photo of the bottle this is the energy i want to bring into 2023 yes and this bottle has become my vision board there you go yes all right well kelly i get, you get to go first thank god <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. A I very
1: was... short story. Good.
0: Well, so is mine, but you know, it's short, spooky,
1: and sweet. Mine, maybe not. Maybe not so sweet. Um, so I covered Christiana Edmonds. Okay. I don't know.
0: The last woman I had a very strong emotional reaction to. You I did. do not know who this is. I'm okay with that.
1: So she was born in eighteen twenty nine in Margate, Kent. So we're in England. Oh, does this mean we have kingdom? to talk with nope. terrible not British accent Hello,
0: governor. Please leave. <laughs> put she, another shrimp on the barbie. That's Ryan? not English. <laughs> no, that was Australian. Hey, um, hey, you're telling me they don't eat shrimp in England and they don't put them on a barbecue? Fuck you, Kelly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she was the eldest child of William Edmonds, who was an architect who designed a local Holy, Holy Trinity Church, just so you know. Um. Immediately do not trust anything nope. that's going on. And her mother was Anne Christiana Byrne. So she got her mother's middle name as her first name, Christiana. Okay. Byrne would be a great last name. Right? I love that. So Christiana had a privileged upbringing and was privately educated, but was diagnosed with hysteria in her early 20s. Which I'm like, I wish I could have found, like, I looked. I'm like, I wish I could have found more, in like, information on it. I'm like, did she just, like, get her period and was emotional? And people were like... You have hysteria. Okay, can I also say, I was not the most
0: stable human being at 20. Dude, I'm 31 and I'm still not the most stable human being. I'm getting a lot better at faking it, which has been just make such a- Make f- it. You know what? Um, I think I'm going to be on my deathbed and be like, did I ever really yeah. make it? Have I made it yet? Does this <laughs> count? Does this count? <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, there could have been a million different, and that's the shitty thing about hysteria, because it could be anything from an actual mental illness that's not getting addressed to literally nothing. Right.
1: Hysteria was like a catch-all female diagnosis back then. It was gross.
0: You're not being the kind of woman we want, which is sexual, yet pure, yet you don't talk, yet you're educated, yet just pump out a bunch of babies for me.
1: So... There's not much other than she was privately educated and had a privileged upbringing and was diagnosed with hysteria in her early 20s. There's not a ton known about her her younger life so we we grow we we skip right to how, when she grew up. Okay. And there are two accounts that say like how she was when she grew up. So the historic UK said she grew up to be an ill-tempered, waspish spinster. So, like, not a great look on her. That means that she reached the age of 21 without having married. right? Whereas, on the other hand, at her trial... She's a bad woman. She has a trial later. She was described as a lady of fortune. Tall, fair, handsome, and extremely prepossessing in demeanor. So, it's like she was either ill-tempered and, like, waspish. Which, me, like to me, is a very bad look. Or she was, like, fucking gorgeous. Like, yeah. So, she... More than likely was kind of just plain. You know
0: what that kind of reminds it, it reminds me of the whole Madonna whore complex where it's like, right. uh, and for anyone who doesn't binge eight hours of uh, podcasts a day, like some unhealthy people that I am aware of, um, that's basically all women fall into one of two categories: they're Madonna, they're a Madonna, so they're like a pure virginal, like Virgin Mary, or they're a whore, and there is no in between. And the second you step out of the Madonna archetype, which is quite frankly impossible for anyone to fit into right. uh you're a whore and therefore you're less of a person and yeah. you're not worthy. It's ridiculous. Like like you're a bad woman. You're not worthy of life. So it's either, mm, mm, she's like an ugly spinster and like no one wants her or like, oh she's so beautiful. And that she, that exactly. she used that to her advantage. I had an ex um who when I broke up with him He's like, well, I didn't really want you anyway. I'm like, that. then this should be very easy. Right, but he like, kept coming back and being like, like wanting to date me again. And that's what that reminds me of. It's like, well, I didn't want you, but I want you.
1: Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. So in her 30s, in the late 19, 19, 1860s, um, she was living with her widowed mother in Brighton. Uh, her father had died. And she became involved with a local doctor named Charles Beard. Hot. there there's a lot of controversy around their relationship and what actually transpired. So the County record of the time says that her affections were, were returned and there was a lot of, um, exchanging of love letters, quote, there was an intimacy and it appears that they carried on some level of romantic relationship for a year. However, Dr. Beard himself claims that there were no, there was no physical dimension to their affair. Um, Only an emotional one.
0: Which can be just as devastating. Right. Or, you know, like, it it can be just as significant.
1: Right. So there was one very large problem for Christiana and Mr. Beard. That was Mrs. Beard. Mrs. Emily Beard. (laughs) No. Yeah. Stop. (laughs) Why do you. Just insist on hurting me this way. (laughs) Because I love you. So Dr. Beard, uh, in about 1870, seemed to suffer some form of consciousness or got bored of Christiana or something. And he ended the relationship. However, obviously, Christiana didn't take that well and still wanted to be Mrs. Beard. So she decided that Emily would have to become the late Mrs. Beard. So- oh no I know this story so in 1870 Christiana sent Emily some chocolate cream shit I hate this story poisoned chocolate I cream. hate this I just heard this on a true crime podcast and I was like
0: who the fuck would demonize chocolate
1: in such I a know. way that is the true crime here luckily Emily recovered from the resulting violent illness
0: chocolate can't kill me I'm a
1: bad bitch right Dr. Beard would la- uh, set would later say that he suspected Christiana right away, um, but did not take his action due to lack of proof and concern over taint of a scandal. Like, because obviously, if he's like, yeah. she poisoned her, people would be like, well, why? And she, she, then he'd have to be like, well, yeah. I was sleep, like I was carrying on some extramarital affair with because her, because his
0: reputation is so much more important than his wife than his life. wife's life, who was. Threat- and this wasn't like a, oh, I'm just going to make her sick because I'm a bitch. It's like, mm, I'm going to try to kill her. Yeah. And like, it didn't work.
1: So after her attempted poisoning, Christiana began obtaining chocolate creams from the local confectioner, a man named John Maynard. She would take them home, lace them with strychnine, and return them to the vendor saying, oh, this wasn't what I wanted. Maynard would then sell them back to the public, which I'm like, I'm sorry, you're ret- you're selling returned food items. Yep. This is this is why we have like such strict laws
0: about return uh, no, like no food more. items, you know, where it's like or like even things where it's like, hey, it's obviously not opened or hasn't right. been tampered with, it's got to go though yeah. because
1: we cannot guarantee its safety exactly. anymore. So, Maynard would sell them to the public not knowing that they were poisoned. Initially, Christina uh was obtaining strychnine for a, from a local chemist on the pretense that she was poisoning feral cats. Because that was a thing. That was a thing back then. I know, but also I know still, go fuck I know. yourself. Uh, however, in an attempt to cover her tracks, she would later begin paying like young boys and uh, like errand people to buy the strychnine and give it to her. It's like people that pay kids to buy Sudafed for meth. Like, don't do it. Don't be an idiot. You're a piece of shit. By this time, several people in Brighton had become ill after eating chocolates, but no one had connected the illness with the, what the victims had eaten. I mean, it is the 18, what did I say, 1870s. Like, yeah, yeah there's a lot of shit making people sick.
0: There's um, a million
1: ways to die. And I, I'm sure a lot of these people are eating the
0: same things. Exactly. Like, even
1: if you make a list of all the things that they've all eaten. It'd probably be a list of like 80% of the same it's shit. A long list. Yeah. However, in June 1871, something tragic happened. A four-year-old named Sidney Albert Barker was on holiday with his family, and as a treat, he was given some chocolates. Oh my god. He soon became desperately sick and would die. However, even though strychnine was found in the chocolates and in his system that he in his system, his death was termed an accident. They did. Um, question, uh, John Maynard, the owner of the shop where the chocolates were bought and found that he was not responsible in any way for the, from, for the child's death. Like he wasn't making the chocolates himself or anything. Yeah.
0: yeah. But then you go to the manufacturer and try to figure that
1: shit out. Also,
0: meanwhile, well, sorry. No, I was just going to say, this reminds me, I worked, I worked at a restaurant for a very short period of time and you're going to understand why. Uh, one of the, thankfully it was an employee. They were like, Oh, Hey, can you make me a milkshake before I go? I was like, oh, I've never done that before. I don't know where anything is because I'm literally a hostess. Like, I don't even know what the menu is. I've been here for like two minutes. And she's like, well, there's a big plastic tub full of vanilla ice cream. And you just like, here's the recipe, you know. She's basically just like, go and do it. I'm like, you couldn't, but okay. Um, So I found the big plastic tub with the white stuff in it, tried to make the milkshake, and it was not mixing well. It was, it, it was lumpy and weird and just not working. And I kind of panicked. So I just like put the lid on it and gave it to her. And I was like, it's fine. It's, it's ice cream and milk. And like, it's fine. It doesn't matter what it looks like.
1: Oh, no. Well, she came
0: back. No one dies at the end of this, by the way. I did not kill anyone I'm or even make glad. them sick. Um, but she comes back. She's like, I think there's something wrong with this milkshake. Turns out. There is another identical plastic tub full of identical white substance. That's butter. Oh. I made oh my her God. a butter
1: milkshake. It's like one of my friends had like, <laughs> had like a tub of like old crocker butter in their fridge. And I went to use it one morning because I'd like slept over and I made myself yeah. toast. No, it was fucking lard. Oh my God. Luckily, I didn't put it on my toast because I opened the tub and I'm like. What is this? See, and these two, because you use, like, this, it yeah, soups out the same. same it's thing. refrigerated. Yeah.
0: And she's like, oh, no, it's the identical tub of white stuff that's completely indiscernible. You're and right. I was like.
1: Someone needs to write on these shit. Yeah. All these things.
0: Yeah. But I, that, that's what I'm imagining. It's like, oh, well, it just must be that the strychnine is in a similar container to the sugar. And that's what happened because. We're not careful, and Emily was the hostess that day and made the chocolate, and she shouldn't be trusted.
1: This is why That's when I gave my, my
0: neighbors who feed me all the time, this is why when I gave them food, my mom made cookies, and I gave them those cookies because I can't be trusted. <sighs> anyway... I really just wanted to stop talking about this poor little, little boy dying for a minute.
1: So Christina would increase her poisoning campaign after and begin sending parcels to peop, like to prominent people, including Mrs. Emily Beard again.
0: God damn it. Leave
1: the Emily alone. Who would once again become violently ill, but survive. God, okay. Sub note. Emily's a bad fucking bitch. She also sent herself, you know, Christina yes. sent herself some things to try and like dissuade attention from her however by this time um the police had started connecting the poisonings with the chocolates and even though she was claiming to be a victim you know Maynard and and Dr. Beard were able to kind of be like mmm she says at this point Dr. Beard did come forward and inform the police of his suspicions which resulted in Christiana being arrested and charged with the attempted murder of Mrs. Beard Emily and obviously the little boy The murder of the little boy. Yeah. After committal hearings, it was decided to move the case from Lou's, where she was living, to the Old Bailey in London. So that, like, kind of the impartial jury thing, you know, like, they were like in the town where this is happening. Everyone kind of knows what's going
0: on. That being said, the Old Bailey, that's where the big shit went down. Yeah. Like, if the old Bailey comes into play, yeah, you know like, you're mm. in trouble.
1: So during Christiana's trial, which began in 1872, her mother testified that both sides of their family had a history of mental illness, and Dr. Beard took the stand to claim that he, um, while he and Christiana never had a sexual relationship, she was enamored with him and tried to kill his wife, basically. Um like he was like I was a little flirtatious but nothing to the extent that she should murder my wife. Okay, here's the thing.
0: That's entirely possible. Do I believe that he was not stooping her? I don't. I don't. I really either.
1: don't. Um so faced with overwhelming evidence Miss Edmonds would enter a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. Uh, a prominent expert would testify that she that um Christiana could not Distinguished wrong from right, and that she was mentally incompetent. The Berkshire County Record Office recounts, "Quote: Doctors Charles Lockhart Robinson and Henry Maudsley, the famous psychologist, argued that Edmonds belonged to the morally defective group of of lunatics, which is a Victorian precursor for the term psychopath." Yes,
0: no, no. Like the the we when we call someone a lunatic or a moron, like those were medical diagnoses.
1: So the jury of the time did not buy the argument and actually returned a verdict of guilty with no recommendation for mercy, meaning she was sentenced to be hung. So obviously, you know this, Kelly,
0: because you binge true crime shit the same way I do. (laughs) Um, But for our, you know, less inducted listeners, I do want to point out, uh,
1: first of all, an insanity plea works like. Less than a percent of the time. Secondly, insanity is only a legal term; it is not an
0: actual like mental term. This is term. true. You can have you can have a mental illness. You can commit a crime that is uh, spurned on by mental illness or has a mental illness
1: component. But insanity is not a diagnosis. Yep.
0: Uh, and what the legal definition is that at the time of the crime, you could not differentiate between right and wrong. And in my humble opinion, as someone who again binges eight hours of true crime podcasts every day, um, I don't think she was insane because no, she was. She did it once. She went after the same person more than once. She went after the same person more than once she was calculating in sending this out to other people, returning
1: the... And sending it to herself. Yeah,
0: there there were a lot... This wasn't a a psychological break that she had where she didn't know what she was doing. This was very calculated, and she was obviously trying to get away with it. Right.
1: I'm not saying she wasn't mentally ill. But again, that's not... I do not think she was insane.
0: Yeah, like someone having... um, like a psychological postpartum break. They could get, a you know, that, that could be deemed insanity because right. they didn't know what they were doing at the time.
1: This. Yeah. No. So she was sentenced to be hung. Uh, however, the mental health evidence attracted a lot of attention from Britain's home office. And so a bunch more psychiatrists were sent to examine her and they did find her to be insane. The more I read about that, is I'm like, I think they're using the term "insane" incorrectly in some of these articles, and I think what they mean is mentally ill. Yeah, I do not think they meant insane. I think they meant mentally ill. Not not insane by the
0: legal definition as we know it today. Exactly, but mentally ill. Back in that was the 1800s, they're
1: like, oh yeah, she got
0: problems, right?
1: <laughs> so. In a book called uh, "Brighton and Hove Murders and Misdemeanors" by Jan- Jan- Janet Cameron, Janet writes: Christina Edmonds was rep- reprieved of her sentence and commuted to life imprisonment due to her mental state. So she wasn't going to be hung. She got sent to Broadmoor Prison for the criminally insane. Oh no! Uh, which that's like a whole other topic. What Broadmoor a fun place to be like a lot of. Prisons for the criminally insane were really bad back then, but Broadmoor in particular is known to be like fucking terrible. Yeah, um, and she remained there for the rest of her life, which was about um,
0: let's thirty years. Math.
1: Oh shit! Yeah. Oh,
0: so I, I'm I'm personally not a proponent of the death penalty. Um, honestly, I think this is a worse punishment.
1: That's what I was, I have that in my notes. I'm like, so she was She was sentenced to death, but commuted to life imprisonment. She spent her, like, the rest of her life. And I'm like, and let's be honest, being being stuck in Broadmoor criminal lunatic asylum for roughly 30 years, just under, I think, was probably a worse punishment than death by hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to do an episode on Broadmoor, but I can't, like, bring myself to do it because I'm like, there's... There, there's no tie to just women's history because Broadmoor, I think, was for anyone. Yeah. I mean, I know, might we, still do it in like a herstory happening or maybe whining about. We can do whatever the fuck about. we want on Patreon. <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, Broadmoor in particular was so heinous. Bad. Yeah. I think it's still open, but I think it's a lot better now. I'm pretty sure Broadmoor's still around. That, Okay. I'm gonna yeah, Google that. It is the that's oldest horrifying. of three high security psychiatric hospitals in England. That's horrifying. The other two being Ashworth, which is also terrible, yeah, and Rampton Secure Hospital, which I've never heard of before. I was gonna
0: say because Bedlam is the other like very noted British one because we talk about like oh it was it was Bedlam we t- it was yeah, crazy was an it was chaotic asylum. but I think that got converted to apartments or something. Um Or torn down. Well, it
1: it was technically known as the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Shortened to Bedlam. Yeah. yeah. Shortened to Bedlam. I don't know. It doesn't say that it closed. I think it did, though. Let me see. Uh, Okay, it moved several times. It is still open, but it is not. I don't think it's just an insane asylum anymore. The hospital runs on a state of the art facility in. Beckenham, uh complete with
0: a museum open to the public yeah. I would go there
1: there's an imperial war museum hmm. yeah no I mean, I mean yeah Broadmoor is still open so yeah. is Ashworth but they're like if you read a lot like obviously they're probably better now but back when a lot even in in the United States this is not just mm-hmm. in England but like when psychiatric hospitals were op- like really big in the like sixties, seventies, eighties, like they were terrible. They were terrible, terrible places. Well,
0: and th- that is like the sad thing too is there were a lot of these places that were opened and they were progressive and they were like, no, we're we're going to be different. We're going to be better. And they were just so overrun with patients and understaffed and it got to the point where it was was a completely untenable environment and it not only um encouraged violence because the patients were not being taken care of right or like at worst being abused but it also attracted people who wanted to have power over and abuse others because there was no
1: oversight so i think the reason bedlam or the Bethlehem Royal hospital isn't mentioned is because Broadmoor Ashmore and the other one that I had never heard of Rampton, they're like high security psychiatric facilities and, and the other hospital is not.
0: Is Broadmoor the one that's known as like the monster mansion? Uh,
1: No. Okay. I don't know.
0: Maybe it's a prison, but there's a prison in England that's known as the monster mansion because it houses some of like the worst English criminals in history.
1: Excuse us while we furiously type to look at this. Uh, Wakefield. Ah, yeah. No, I think that's just a regular prison. HM Prison Wakefield, you're right. Operated by His Majesty's Prison Service. Dun dun dun. Yeah, this prison has been nicknamed Monster Mansion due to the large number of high profile, high risk sex offenders and murderers held there. It's not a fun place. Don't go there, please. It's funny because if you look at like the picture that's on like the Wikipedia for it, it's like a soccer field with the prison in the background.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? I would be really curious to know more about Christiana's life, like the illness that she exhibited earlier. I know.
1: I'm sad that there's not more information. And
0: I think that's very natural because we want to know the why behind committing And in this case, it wasn't an act. It was a series of acts that are just so inexplicable. Like, who fucking does this? And for a guy? Like, are you kidding me? Fuck that dude. Fuck you. Poor fucking Emily. I hope she divorced his ass. I hope so too. Like, and got everything because he's a piece of shit too. Clearly. Like, he
1: deserves everything. I don't know
0: who needs to hear this, but he's not going to leave his wife for you. So just stop. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever's going on, just stop. Just stop. Take a second, step back. But he's also, not it, do it seemed,
0: but I'd also be curious also to know more about their relationship because, and again, she is not absolved of responsibility, but it seems like such a large leap to suddenly be like, I just need to poison everyone. Like, what I, I, it, it just seems there's obviously a lot missing from this story. There are a lot of layers, and I'd be really curious to know what they were. But Christiana fucking A ruined chocolate for a generation. Fuck her. Yeah. I still love chocolate. She is, I do love chocolate. She's also known as the chocolate cream killer. That's like her fun little nickname which makes me sad.
1: Hey guys, we know times have been tough lately for all of us. And during hard times, it can
0: be difficult if you don't have anyone
1: to talk to, or it can be hard to talk about certain topics. Being alone with your thoughts can be isolating. This is why we are sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen to and help you. Talk to your
1: therapist in a private online environment at your convenience.
0: BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, thank goodness.
1: There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out
0: a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is Amazon fast. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential, just
1: like with an in-person therapist. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charges. If you want to talk to someone about your mental health, you can get a 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Herstory. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Herstory.
0: Well, Kelly, thank you for ruining chocolate for another generation. Yay! Um, I'm going to have
1: some chocolate when we're done here.
0: <laughs> can I also have some chocolate? Yes. <laughs> I need to buy it from your chocolate specifically, though, to make sure you're not trying to poison me. So um, I'll take a
1: bite, and then you can take a bite. I'm
0: going in a different direction today. We, um, we need a little up, up, uplifting upheaval. I wouldn't describe this as necessarily oh, uplifting, but it's not rooted in reality, so we can all kind of have some fun with it. So today, I'm going to be whining about Kuchi, Kuchisake-ona, the slit-mouthed woman. All of my otakus just lost their shit right
1: now.
0: <laughs> so, this is, I had—I got, got to have a lot of fun with writing this. A young man walks home alone after a night on the town. He's in too good of spirits to notice the eerie silence oh. that consumes the air that would normally be filled with the sounds of summer, like the cicada singing and the leaves shuddering too in the good warm of breeze. I
1: like that. Mm.
0: suddenly ahead of him he sees a young woman lit up under a street light she's too close for him to have not noticed her approaching but he's also had a a A few few too many so who knows her pale skin glows under the light and her straight black hair drips down her shoulders a surgical face mask covers the lower half of her face now especially in post-2020 it's not surprising to see anyone wearing a face mask, but in Japan, where it's in very common practice when you're sick with anything, you have a cold, you're wearing a face mask. Right. It's, it's incredibly common. So you don't think much of it. But it's odd how the woman is just standing there staring at you. <laughs> like, I literally got a chill. I am so glad. So you continue walking and after what must have been like an Extra long beer induced blank, the masked woman is suddenly standing right in front of you. You stop in your tracks, startled by her sudden appearance. How did she get so close so quickly? Did you really have that much to drink? You can't speak. And in a sweet voice, the woman asks, What does she quiere? Eh? Am I beautiful? Oh, I know
1: this story. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, I know this one.
0: Your polite instincts kick in, and you say, yes. Seriously, what the fuck else are you supposed to say?
1: <laughs> no, you're a pig.
0: <laughs> the woman's eyes narrow, and she removes her mask to reveal her face. And you see the woman is grinning, perhaps pleased with your response. And it takes a moment to realize that it's not a grin. The woman's mm. mouth is slicked from ear <laughs> to ear, dripping with blood.
1: Mm, yep. There are some real creepy pictures out there of it. Kore
0: demo? Even now? You're taken completely off guard, but your instincts tell you to reply, yes. The woman produces a pair of scissors and grins widely before slitting your own mouth to match hers. You have just encountered the infamous Japanese spirit Kuchisake Ona, or the Slip Mouthed Woman. So, Kuchisake Ona's va- origins are varied, but stories of her date back to the 17th century in the Edo period, which is like the shogunate, the samurai, all that stuff that we associate with like old school Japan. In some scenarios, Kuchisakiona was a beautiful woman who was viciously mutilated during her life, either from being attacked by a jealous woman or by a botched medical procedure, or dentistry. Other stories describe her as the adulterous wife of a samurai, and in all these, she's exceptionally beautiful, naturally. When her extramarital exploits were discovered, her husband retaliated by slicing the corners of her mouth from ear to ear to ensure she would never be attractive to anyone ever again, which, like, rude. Okay? Right. Like. Come on. I I know some people with penises that would love a bigger mouth. I'm just saying. (laughs) All right?
1: Exactly. Just saying. There's one person for every other person. Yeah,
0: so fuck you, dude. I mean, don't cheat on your husband, but also do not (laughs) be. Your wife? Do I have to say that? Is that something I have to say? So, whatever tragic events left her fate mutila- face mutilated also left her with a deep seated anger. Fair. After she died, she was reborn as a vengeful spirit or Onrio, stalking the earth to take out her rage on unsuspecting victims. She's also known as a yokai, which can refer to uh, like demons, spirits, or other monsters in Japanese folklore, like any kind of supernatural baddie. A typical encounter with Kuchisake Onna may vary depending on the telling or the time period. In modern tellings of the story she covers her face with a mask or a scarf which makes sense because those are actually very common to see but in older iterations she hides behind a hand fan or a handkerchief which reminds me of that like very stereotypical like the asian woman hiding behind a fan very demurely and it's it's kind of like that whole using her feminine wiles to lure you into a false sense of security her weapon of choice can include a knife, machete, scythe, or scissors. Just really anything sharp that she can use to cut or stab you. And Kuchiso- kuchisake is difficult to escape. She lures in her prey with her beautiful appearance and then traps them with her inhuman speed. As in the scenario that I introduced this story with, if a victim says kuchisake is pretty after she reveals her face, Kuchisake-Ona is filled with rage, thinking the victim must be lying, which I'm like, honey, this sounds more like your own self-image issue, like, slip mouth or not, you can be... You can be a snack. You can be a snack. You can be the whole goddamn meal, honey. Right. Like, don't it does not still- matter. People can yeah. be into that. Just like don't assume they're lying when they're complimenting you. But right. she thinks they are. And she's pissed off with the false flattery and will mutilate them right there or, even ap- or kill them or even appear to them at night later and kill them. That's terrifying. Like grudge style where it's like, it's under your bed the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> if the victim screams or says no, she'll still kill them. Uh, So that's what you would call a loaded question. No matter how you answer, there's a bullet loaded in every chamber ready to blow your brains out. Right. So how do you escape this incredibly sensitive and self-centered evil spirit? Well, you can. You just have to know exactly what to say. So after Kuchisake Onna asks you again if she is pretty after the dramatic face reveal, instead of saying yes or no or freaking out, which like rude, respond that she is average. The answer, which neither flatters nor attacks, disarms the spirit, giving you enough time to escape. Because she's like, well, you're being honest, but you're also not being mean. And I do not know how to respond to that. And then you just you peace. You can also distract her by throwing money or candy at her and escaping while she stops to pick it up.
1: That seems weird. Um,
0: that would work on me 100%, oh, 100% of the time. Throw some chocolate on the ground and I'd be yes. like, what? As long as it's not poison chocolate. Right. Not that I would know the difference until it's too late. So, finally, you may survive by, this is like some weird Beetlejuice shit, by saying pomade three times. Now, I I, I looked at this uh pomade does not mean something different in japanese It's it's the styling hair wax yep that we're all thinking of it's like the dapper dan stuff so i'm like maybe she appreciates constructive feedback like pomade 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 girl get mm. it get that pomade you know don't try to use concealer own the slip mouth thing but like really work on your hair because it's luscious i don't know so in 1978, 1979, several magazines and newspapers published the legend of kuchisake Onna, sparking rumors of the spirit being spotted across Japan. One publication wrote a story of an old farmer who encountered the woman, um, and he was cut in half at the waist. I didn't include this uh, in my notes, but I do remember reading this. Apparently, he so he's a farmer, and he's like in an outhouse and encounters her and then gets cut in half, and I'm like, wow. I can't think of like, like, that's awful. Not only do you get murdered by a vengeful spirit, but like on the toilet, in an outhouse. Come on. Kuchisake that, that's some bad hat. Come on. You're better than this. So the rumor swelled into straight up hysteria. Police were dispatched to investigate sightings. School children were sent home early in Kushiro City, Hokkaido, and Niza City. And hmm. school children were even escorted to and from school by teachers and parents. And I don't know if that's because they were so scared or if the adults were scared or if it was a combination of both, but there were real world responses to this panic surrounding this evil spirit that had suddenly kind of worked its way into popular culture again. yeah. On June 21st, 1979, it seemed that the legendary monster was real. A young woman with a slit mouth was spotted walking around Himeji City, wielding a kitchen knife. And perhaps even worse than being a vengeful spirit, it turned out that it was a very real 25-year-old human woman Playing a prank. Oh, fuck you. And you know what this reminded me of? Like, I was reading this. I was like, oh, man, how can people be so gullible? But here's the thing. We had the we almost yearly. We have the clown situation in the United States where people are dressing up as scary clowns with weapons. And it's like, okay, if you're already enough of a jackass. To do that, to scare people. It's not a very far leap to then hurt someone. You know what I'm saying? So um, she was promptly arrested for violating the Firearms and Swords Act by wielding the knife. And I love that Japan has a Firearms and Swords Act. That's a thing. Fortunately, (laughs) it was a a huge part of their culture. (laughs) So fortunately, by August of uh, 1979, Kuchisake Ono hysteria had dissipated, but her place as an infamous yokai, onryo, monster spirit has remained. The legend has proven to be particularly popular among elementary and middle school students. Similar how we all either had the friend or were the friend that we're trying to summon Bloody Mary, I was the friend. Oh, I was too. Okay. (laughs)
1: I was going to say there are two kinds of people. And I still they make like, a wonder about together. that. Like when I like go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I like look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, nah, <laughs> like, I, but I think it, I think it in my head. I just don't say it out loud. If tyranny is listening to this tyranny, you remember, you remember. I've, I've done it like yeah. at parties and stuff before, but like not, not now that I'm older. Yep. Honestly,
0: I think I'd be less scared now because it'd be like, Mary, honey, let's have a chat. I got some wine for you. Let's dish, spill that English tea. Right. Because I I, I wouldn't call her like a, uh, a heroic historical figure, but definitely interesting and someone I wouldn't mind having a chat with, assuming they couldn't murder me so she has also appeared in anime manga video games live action movies and more she has like their whole series you know kind of like the same with the american horror movies where there's like the first movie the second movie and then origins you know where it goes like way back in the past and all that stuff the legend of Kuchisake Onna has evolved over time to better fit into a modern setting but the themes have remained pretty consistent Like many other femme monsters, she is a vengeful woman who uses her looks to prey on others, particularly men. And at the heart of it all, she represents a man's greatest fear. A woman asking if those pants make her look fat.
1: That was fantastic. (laughs) And that is the story
0: of Kuchisake Onna, the slit-mouthed woman. Also, fair warning before you Google this. The, the the some of the pictures are absolutely terrifying. Uh, some of the pictures from the movies and illustrations it's rough. Just say it. Fair warning. But yeah, I I'd heard of that uh that legend way back and I was looking for a story to do that wasn't going to be so murdery. And this was a happy medium because there's definitely death and murder, but it's, you know, in a fantastical sort of way. There's
1: apparently a two-hour a two 2007 movie called Carved yes. Slipmouth Woman. There, there's a
0: whole series. I think there's, like, Carved, Carved 2. There's also, like, Kuchisake-Ona or The Slipmouth Woman. There's, like, one, two, and then Kuchisake-Ona Origins.
1: It's like, of course yeah. of course well
0: here's the thing and i'm and i'm not making fun of
1: japanese movies we do the same thing here but
0: i thought that was interesting because that's I, why i'm saying of course yeah. i'm thinking
1: of like saw saw two saw three saw five which was like yeah the prequel yeah I was like Jesus saw Christ. the first nub i, I
0: <laughs> w- w- the first serration <laughs> i don't know that's great Saw cutting down the tree that would make the handle for the saw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saw planting the tree that would grow and then cut, be cut down to make the handle that would then be attached to the saw that would then become symbolic of murder and torture porn. <sighs> but yeah, I I also think um ghost stories, and, you know, are from other cultures are very interesting because you can see all the the differences but also the similarities because the whole idea idea of like femme spirits and monsters, they're beautiful but deadly. And it's it's the same thing. It's it it's almost like the male gaze wants a beautiful woman, but it almost seems like too good to be true. They they also it's like, oh the male gaze is powerless against female beauty. Right. Therefore that's the greatest weakness. That's the most frightening thing. Yeah, which to is have that used against you. And I'm like, I'm just kind of scared of men in general. <laughs> right. So, so Kelly, my darling. what are you thankful for, Emily? Oh, well,
1: I went, I went first last time. <sighs> you son of a jumping bitch, jumping in. Kelly, would you like these chocolates? Uh no. Um. Okay. So
0: I am very thankful for my vet. Um, it's been kind of a crazy past couple of weeks. I had a child living with me for a few days, but also my cat Arthur, sweet, murderous King Arthur, who I am deeply in love with, has been having some bladder issues. Mm. Um, and basically, he has crystals in his bladder. Um, not the kind that Gwyneth Paltrow says to shove up your hooter. Uh, Are you sure? I mean, maybe, I'm not saying what she's telling us to do is healthy either, but I was like,
1: I thought crystals
0: are supposed to be healing. But it's it's one of those things, it can just happen. I, I'm like, okay, so so how did this happen? How can I prevent it? And she's like, I mean, it's a multifaceted um, situation. I was like, so you're telling me this happened because of, and I literally like swirled my hands in the air and went, reason. She's like, that's a great way to put it. And I'm like- I hate this. I hate this, Um, but okay. But so he's been, he's been having a hard time, uh, but he's also been getting a lot of gifts, like new, new fun food, a new daisy water fountain, which I was like, if I'm ever bougie enough to buy the daisy water fountain and anyone who owns a cat or knows someone who owns a cat knows the thing I'm talking about, I'm like, just fuck me. And now I'm that person. But he's, he's been having a hard time, but he's been doing all right. And I'm just very appreciative of the the vet. They've been very wonderful and helpful. And they've also been very tolerant of me calling and being like, I don't know, because I grew up with cats, but he's the first cat that I've had, like just me. And I am very, like I'm attached to my dogs too, but they haven't really had any serious medical issues. So I'm like, oh my God, little Arthur, are you okay? Just, love you and make it better i also called my mom crying one night i was like mom i'm just really worried about him she's like he's fine he's fine um he's a cat he's just giving you a hard time (laughs) she said it nicer than that but i'm very thankful for all the support i've gotten as my cat is having bladder problems and just has been having he's been having a rough time He's been getting a lot of extra attention and cuddles to the point where I'm like, are you doing this on purpose? Yeah, exactly. He's like, I (laughs) know exactly what to get all the attention. Am I encouraging crystals to grow in your bladder?
1: (laughs) So Kelly, what are you thankful for? Uh, I am thankful for the chance to see my family this weekend. I get to go Uh, see them tomorrow and I'm very excited. That's awesome. Short and sweet. It's been a little while, so I'm excited. Give them my love. I will I always do. Yeah. Yeah, we're celebrating Grant G Ma's marriage. <gasps> That's right. I love your G Ma. Yeah, she's pretty She okay. She definitely does not listen to the podcast.
0: Okay, okay, so I can just tell can this. Say whatever you want. Okay, I love your G Ma. She she's so sweet because I like when you got married, I met a lot of your relatives and I just could not keep them all straight. Uh, But she always approached me like she'd known me forever. Like, Emily, it's just so good. Like, she just made me feel so special. Um, And I it was the day after your wedding. We had like the gift opening brunch situation and I, you know, I gave her a hug. I was like, "It's so nice seeing you." You know, I'll, I'll see you again, or you know, so I, I, I can't remember what I said now, but I said something, you know, alluding to a future meeting. And she says, "Oh, honey, I think God decides that." And I was like, Gima, are you okay?" <laughs> but she was kind of going through a time. At that period, it just seems like she's doing a lot better and a little more hopeful for the future. <laughs> so I'm very happy for her. And she's always just been very sweet and yes. nice to me. And I hope you always are like, Emily says hi.
1: She loves you. <laughs> well, she, like before when knows, you came over, I was like, oh, Emily's here. And she's like, give Emily my love. Aww. I'm like, oh Gema love her
0: yeah i i hope you tell her that like well, emily knows that god decides these things but she hopes she gets to see you again <laughs> she,
1: she wishes you well and hopes to see you again yeah
0: yeah like just, just put it out there She's saying say a little prayer for you
1: <laughs> yes yeah that was know.
0: that was a very startling thing to happen well, especially, like, when the i was
1: day after your best friend's wedding like i was very... exhausted
0: I had, I, my hair was a fucking mess because I'd taken out like 8,000 bobby pins and just like thrown on a shirt and been like, I, I, I have pants and a shirt on. This is the best it's going to be. And I was just trying to be nice. And then I get this, like, oh, honey, God decides that. I was like, oh, Jesus, Chima. <laughs> that was a little dark for 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, I love her. I love your family. They're always, they've always been very sweet. I love
1: you too. I love you.
0: So much love. I think we need the love God after this love. episode. We need the love and uh security within ourselves. We don't need validation from others. But, I don't need but, someone but
1: if you wanna donate to us on Patreon. It would make us extra happy.
0: Hey, hey, just like kuchisake Hona, we are also easily distracted by throwing <laughs> money at us. Just say chocolate that or is not poison. Chocolate that's not poison. Um yes, please. Like us on Facebook at Whining About Herstery, Instagram at WAHPad.
1: I was I thought there was like two parts and I missed the first one. So I was very confused. It was super funny because we were both looking at each other like, no, you're the idiot. And Kelly's like, no, you're the idiot. I'm like, Kelly, I'm like, I no, am I'm very I'm confident idiot. you're the idiot. <laughs> W-A-H underscore pod. Our website is whiningaboutherstory.com where you can find our merch, which is pretty dang sweet. Uh, we also have a link to our Patreon and a contact form. You can also rate us five stars wherever you listen. It costs you nothing and gives everyone
0: involved lots of warm fuzzies, particularly us. So much warm fuzzies! Maybe you know a what? The reason that I don't need to approach strangers on the street asking if I'm pretty is because I just go and read our five star reviews, mm-hmm. and I'm
1: like, I'm fine. Sometimes I even read our one star review and then I just laugh to myself. That is
0: merch. Yep. that is straight up merch. Now I finally did it. I made that. I made that review into merch, and I love it so much. Honestly, like here's the thing, and this is not to belittle belittle any of the other wonderful reviews we have. Right, but that one star one is always going to hold a special place in my heart because I'm like, it, it, it's like an ego much way you're saying this, but I do not think it means what you think it means. Like, I feel like you're trying to insult us, and that's definitely not the effect you're having. Right. (laughs) It's more, I'm outing myself as not having read the description and being sorely disappointed when this wasn't a dry explanation of history. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, the time for dry history bullshit is over. It is the time for wine podcasts. And drunk amateurs. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About History, not a serious discussion about history. Mm-mm. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And have an empowered day. Bye. Bye.